Hey guys, this is Joe. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god, just for a few moments. What's up guys, it's Eric. Let's win this one for all the small schools that never had a chance to get here. We're gonna be a tough team to beat. Now you come along for the ride. A tough coach. He turned losers into fighters. Enemies into friends. I play, coach stays. He goes, I go. Challenges into trials. If you put your effort and concentration into playing to your potential, in my book, we're going to be winners. Hoosiers, it'll go straight to your heart. Rated PG. Starts tomorrow at selected theaters near you. You're listening to Worth a Lefe, the podcast where two former video rental clerks watch movies that they may have recommended at one time to see if they still think that the film would be worth keeping an extra day or two to watch again, even if it meant paying a late fee. What's new, Joe? Oh, not, not much, Ark. How are you? Not much. Not much. I'm still recovering. I worked the, our local election yesterday, so I worked yeah. from... I didn't, see what, I didn't see what my voting... I was all bummed out. I was like... No, were well, we were at the Citizen Center? Like, yeah. Yep. Yeah, they just moved me around because I don't complain, so <laughs> <clears throat> some people are like, I have to work at this location, blah, blah, and I'm just like, just tell me where to go. I don't know. <laughs> so I was at the high school yesterday, which this ties into, um, <clears throat> ties into the movie we're talking about, but I texted my wife during the middle of it and I was like, cause they, at the high school gym, they have all the banners for like almost every sport, every sport, except for, I think football and hockey. Cause I think the football banners are at the stadium and the hockey banners are at the rink, but every other from basketball, to wrestling to, you know, everything, softball, baseball track, um, they were in the gym and I texted Bri, I was like, the whole four years in high school, we were a bunch of unathletic losers because like <clears throat> in every other year, every other year range, you could find like, all right, maybe they weren't that good at basketball. Maybe we weren't that good at basketball, but you know, the baseball team was pretty good or we had some good wrestlers. When I was in high school, we just sucked at everything. I don't know what the deal was. It was a curse or something. <laughs> I was feeling better so. my college onto the new school and my college ESPN ranked as the most unathletic school in the country. So that's actually cool though. Cause you know, it's not, no, you know, what's not cool is being the second most unathletic college in the country. At least <laughs> yeah. you guys went all out. You, you know, you're, you're going to be the worst. You're going to be the worst, be the worst. So, but other than that, uh, yeah, things good. I, Bree and I finished uh, squid game finally. So, Oh, okay. Yeah, finally, we went through it pretty quick. Do you definitely uh, do agree with LeBron James' statement? You know, like the ending. <laughs> I that conscious did you read it, about that? It, no, I didn't. I try okay. to avoid LeBron James, but <laughs> no, well, I guess I reason. guess it, it pains me to say this, but I guess I kind of do agree with LeBron James. I wasn't crazy about the ending. It didn't. Okay. It didn't ruin the show for me at all. But yeah, it wasn't my favorite part. Okay. Yeah, I, I haven't seen it. I, I I could talk about last time. I, mean, I might be the only person who hasn't seen it yet, but I do. I will be seeing it pretty soon. I keep like it's definitely like getting closer to my watch list. Uh, yeah. to top of my watch list here. But yeah, LeBron is saying that he didn't like the ending. Like the show, like didn't like the ending and the show's career is like, didn't he? Like he was in Space Jam too. Like that was like his <laughs> counter argument. Good, good counter. So, <laughs> simple as that. Um, yeah, that's a win. That's a kill shot. <laughs> um, before I so. We've already, I already, you guys heard the trailer, you heard our quotes, and we'll get into what we're talking about in a little bit. But um, I have to mention because one of the stars of the movie that we're going to talk about is Dennis Hopper. And I was thinking about the last movie we did with Dennis Hopper was Speed. And yeah. I made one, one of my epic gaffes on the, on the podcast, which is I referred to Dennis Hopper as Dennis Haskins, who That's is Mr. Right. <laughs> Mr. Belding from Friends, uh, from, right. from Friends, from Saved by the Bell. Yeah. Because I'm just a huge Save by the Bell fan. So in my opinion, Dennis Haskins has had a better career than Dennis Hopper. So I'm going to try really hard not to do that this podcast. But if it happens, it happens. I'm a Belding fan. What do you want me to do? You know what I mean? But um, Did you, you, uh, what about you? You've been watching anything else good? Uh, I watched No Time to Die for the third time in theaters. The Summer Pilot like I was mentioning last episode. And I also saw um, Last Night in Soho, Edgar Wright's new film. Have okay. you seen trolls for that at all? No, no. The trailers were really like kind of confusing and it made me, I love Edgar Wright, um, but it made me kind of like not sure about this one, but man, yeah. going to this movie at, well, because the trailer was so kind of really didn't give a whole lot. Going to this movie blind for the most part was the best way to see this movie. It's a really right. cool, like almost like psychological uh, thriller dealing with like, you know, 
um, mental illness. And it was really, really in like the scumbags of Hollywood and like how yeah. all like, you know, the, so it's a, it was a really cool watch. Like it's okay. It was a unique film for sure. I'll have to check um, it out. Yeah. And today is also the 15th, 15th anniversary of the Santa Claus three kicking us off the holiday season here. We got the, it's uh, the 15th anniversary of the third one. Yes. Isn't that oh wild? My God. I saw Disney uh, mentioned, <clears throat> talk about that. Uh, mentioned post that today. I was like, Jesus, 15 years already. That movie is the one time since we'll probably review on this thing. That movie is the one time when I had my friends, like my, like for both of us move. I had my friend, Alex, she called my school. I was going to, uh, 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 I was in 12th grade. Yeah. And oh no, maybe 11, 12th or 11th. I can't remember now. And I had her pretend to be my mother and dismiss me. <laughs> so I, and I drove to school. So I was able to get dismissed, go to my car, go to the theater to see Santa Claus part three, right before it left theaters, like on like a couple years before Christmas. And that's like my most like rebellious act ever. So it is the lamest um, <laughs> school skipping story of all time. <laughs> pretty wild. If I was your father and I caught you for that, I would be mad. Not that you skipped school, but that that was what I was go see Santa Claus three by myself in yeah. an empty theater at like 11 a.m. Yeah. You need you need like the speech from uh, the mother and the Sandlot where she's like, "Scrape your knees, get into trouble." <laughs> Jeez, like, don't skip to see the Sandlot three, Joseph. <laughs> um, but the uh, the Bond movie, uh, Bree and I almost went to see it on I don't remember what day it was, but we were sitting around and we were like, "You want to go to the movies?" And she, we were both like, yeah, "I'll go to the movies." And uh, but we couldn't find like a time that worked because it's a long movie. It is. It's over. It's long. Two hours long. It's two yeah, like, it's like two, two hours forty five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. So we were like, we 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 don't have we didn't have that time, but uh, hopefully I'll see it soon. Yeah, it's it's a, I've, like I said three times at theaters. I'm not getting sick of it yet, so that's saying something, I guess. Yeah, um, that is saying something. But yeah, if you ever want to see it though, let me know. I am willing to see it for see the fourth, it for fourth time. time. <laughs> yeah. All right. So um, you guys, like I said, you heard the, the trailer and everything, and um, we'll get into what we're talking about a little bit more, but one, so picking out my beer. So the beer that I'm drinking tonight, we're talking about the movie Hoosiers in the beer that I'm drinking. I went to unofficial sponsor of the pod RMA, and I was going to look for, you know, if you've, unless you've been living under a rock for the past 35 years, you know that Hoosiers is the basketball movie. So I was going to try to find a basketball themed beer and there are some out there but there wasn't any that were like really jumping out to me and then i saw uh this beer from good measure brewing company which is in vermont i believe and it's called barn coat farmhouse ale and the can is like this you know cool like logo of a an old farm uh, old barn and a farmhouse and everything and one of my favorite scenes i didn't put this for my favorite scene because i try to avoid putting opening scenes for my favorite scene when i can but I do love the opening scene of this movie where it's like, it just slaps you in the face with, with like Americana, like farmland and churches and everything's so flat and old cars and guys in plaid shirts. And I know that in reality, the country probably wasn't, you know, depending on who you were, it's not that it wasn't a perfect world, but um, it was like a commercial for America. So when I saw this beer, again, Barn Coat Farmhouse, Farmhouse Ale from Good Measure Brewing Company, I was like, that's it. That's my pick. And then, uh, yeah, I guess, to, so yeah, again, we're, we're talking about Hoosiers and I was my pick this week. So, and I kind of just picked it out to tell you the truth. I actually had another basketball movie picked out. And I think I even, on a previous episode, I said that my first basketball pick would feature something that Hoosiers does not feature. So we'll get to that movie later. Okay. I love that other movie. This just felt a little bit more appropriate for this time of year. That other one's kind of more of a summer movie. So, um, but I mean, Hoosiers kind of it speaks for itself, but what what's your first memory of, of Hoosiers, Joe? As is, I I've mentioned this just a few times in the previous episodes with my dad having a very small collection of movies, and just like I mentioned in those previous episodes, Hoosiers was one of those films in the collection of movies VHS tapes, and he would occasionally watch it, and I would occasionally sit down and watch it with him. I really fully understand it though until like I, I, I when we were working on movie scenes, probably when I rented it on my own terms and watched it from yep. start to finish and then had better like appreciation for it. But yeah, my first memory is again with my dad, his very limited movie collection. <laughs> yeah. This, this, for me, it was, this was always, or at least it felt like this was always on TV, TV growing up and which 
that's awesome. But the thing is, I think I kind of took it for granted and I watched it a lot in like bits and pieces. I did, I did see it all the way through relatively young, but more often than not, I watched just like half hour here, half hour there. The first time I remember watching it start to finish was in high school with a friend of mine who's a huge basketball guy. But I think that, I think that recently I've always loved this movie. You know, I've always, and you know, this is on a million lists of like greatest sports movies ever. And I've always really liked it, but I think as I get older, I like this movie even more and more and rewatching it this time. I, the guy has quite the resume, which we'll get into, but I think this is Gene Hackman, his best or my favorite Gene Hackman performance of all time. So, okay. Wow, um, yeah. yeah. Do you have any uh, stats as far as how this did uh, financially money? wise? Yeah. So, Hoosiers came out on November 14th, 1986, with a budget of $6 million, making $28.6 million in the box office. Pretty good. Yeah. It was written by Angelo Pizzo, who only has a few films under his belt, two of them being Hoosiers and Rudy. He's also involved with a couple of movies currently in pre-production, but he tends to write movies based off of true stories and usually about sports. Hoosiers was Angelo's first screenplay at the age of 32. So pretty impressive. Tough to live up to that though. That's, I know. that's almost it's a, it's a hard first. But movie. they did but they did Rudy. So it's like, damn, like yes. I know Rudy's like, I know you don't like Rudy as much as like some people. No, 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 some people no, feel no, like that's I love, like I love Rudy. Rudy. <laughs> I love Rudy. We'll My get friend, into that. I love Rudy. Okay. I do. I, I know friends who think like that's like the greatest sports movie ever made. Like it's right. Rudy right. or nothing. <laughs> right. No, I got defensive. I was listening to another um another uh, movie podcast recently and they re- they reviewed it and they trashed it and i was like getting upset because i know rudy oh, okay this, so, this isn't this isn't the rudy episode but i know rudy's not perfect yeah like, I, and i don't I really and like rudy's definitely not my you rudy's definitely my favorite, favorite first person, but i like it right it's a good right, dog story right the movie was directed by david anspa and this was his first feature film so look at this combo between first time screenwriter for a movie and he First, did Rudy as well, right? He did Rudy as well. Yep. 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 Um, and he also worked with the with Angelo for Rudy and for the Game of Their Lives. So they've worked uh, as a duo for a few films. So since you brought up Rudy, I grew up with Rudy. Like I watched Rudy. I had it on VHS. I had the Rudy soundtrack. No joke. I loved it. I loved Rudy growing up. I still, I still really like that movie. Now, watching this this time, I can see how especially if you were someone who was old enough, like I was one years old when this, one year old when this yeah. came out. I obviously didn't see this in theaters. So if you saw this first and then saw Rudy, I can see how you would be like, that Rudy was, he was kind of trying to like recreate the wheel, you know what I mean? Reinvent yeah. the wheel. So, but I still, I still like Rudy, but um, did you have any other notes as far as money or? Nope, that was it. So it made money in the box office, which is Yeah, good. Did, pretty, did pretty well. Um, critically, 7.5 out of 10 on IMDb, 91% on Rotten Tomatoes. Roger Ebert loved it. Four stars. This is a cool uh, excerpt I thought, thought I took from his review. So Ebert says, quote, I was a sports writer once for a couple of years in downstate Illinois. I covered mostly high school sports. And if I were a sports writer again, I'd want to cover them again. There is a passion to high school sports that transcends anything that comes afterward. Nothing in pro sports equals the intensity of a really important high school basketball game. Hoosiers knows that this is a movie about a tiny Indiana high school that sends a team all the way to the state basketball finals. And in the days when schools of all sizes played in the same tournaments and a David could slay a Goliath. I thought that was, that was a pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. And he nailed it. And, and I, I, I think I mentioned this later in my notes, but this watching this again, you can totally see how this kind of became one of the kind of the template for, great sports movies it is it feels older than 1986 not just i know it's set in the 50s but i mean the production movie if you had me watch it and guess what time what year it was made i probably would have guessed way earlier 80s but it's it's so good so you know i'm going to be dropping spoilers throughout this whole podcast but i did not give this a low score um so as far as what was going on you said it came out in november of 1986 yes yep All right, so outside of film, 
guy named Roger Clemens won the AL Cy Young. He won that unanimously, and he also won the AL MVP. Uh, there was the, this is the second time that Saturday Night Live SNL used a time delay because Sam Kinison was hosting. The Beast, yeah, the Beastie Boys released their debut album, Licensed to Ill, which is the first number one rap album on Billboard charts. Uh, and then a 20 year old named Mike Tyson became the youngest heavyweight champion in boxing history when he stopped Trevor Burbick in round two, which that is so insane. You know, heavyweight title matches don't title fights don't get stopped in the second round in general, but to be 20 years old and do that is, I know he's had his challenges and he's a, you know, kind of a polarizing figure or whatever, but what are that, that just athletically, that's insane. How do you so, even get to that point? Like how do you even exactly. get like that? Like, you know, to that fight at 20 years old, like I'm not sure how many fights he had before that to get to that point or like insane. Yeah, I trained with a high level fighter and not boxing and mixed martial arts. And he's young, he's 21, but exactly what you said, he, he can't get the fights. Like he's high level. He, people don't want to fight him. He, he gets some, but he, it takes, it takes a while. So to just to turn around enough to be fighting for, yeah, that that's crazy. So in film, not a lot of great movies released, released that month. The only two that are kind of worth mentioning are an American tale and the big easy. Right. Okay. The month before that, though, it was Color of Money. And the month after that, there was Heartbreak Ridge, uh, Golden Child, Three Amigos, and Platoon. So this month was kind of just caught in between. And it makes sense a little bit where it's November. So you get kind of the end of summer, early fall releases, and then you take a little bit of a breather, and then you get into the holiday season. So makes sense. Um, do you have the back of the DVD summary or the back of the VHS summary? Yeah, so failed college coach Norman Dale gets a chance at redemption when he is hired to direct the basketball program at a high school in a tiny, in, in a tiny Indiana town. After a teacher persuades star player Jimmy Chitwood to quit and focus on his long-neglected studies, Dale struggles to develop a winning team in the face of community criticism for his temper and his unconventional choice of assistant coach, shooter, a notorious alcoholic. So things that I forgot from the last time I watched this, I kind of forgot that the controversy that that sent him, that got him fired from the college position was Me that he, too. I'm like, geez, that he, when that was really like, holy shit. Yeah, like, yeah. That's a pretty big deal there, Dale. Yeah. So he, so I guess he, you know, got a little out of control and Coach Norman punched a kid. You know, I mean, what are you going to do? Shit happens. It happens. Right? It happens. Kids are annoying. Whatever. But yeah, I forgot about that. Um, but great, uh, great come, like return story. So that was cool. Um, you mentioned director David, is it Anspa? Is that how we pronounce Anspa, it? Yeah. So I have a couple, okay. couple of interviews to make sure, but he's a good speaker too. He's had some pretty, he tells some pretty cool stories too, between which I'll share one during the facts, but he's still okay. very much doing interviews and everything. He's, he's a pretty cool dude. Sounds like. Well, he's good. So his, his film record isn't like the longest, but his life is pretty cool. So he started yeah. as a substitute teacher and a ski instructor. And then, like you said, this is his directorial debut, nominated for two Academy Awards uh, at the top or in the top five, like I said, of most best sports films list. And then you, you mentioned some of his other movies with Rudy and, and, else, and other ones. But um, <clears throat> so good for him. Now, Gene Hackman. This is our second time talking about Gene recently. We just talked about him in the replacements a few weeks ago. So I'm not going to go totally down his through his resume, but he's a legend and I don't mind listing off of you his big one, big hits again. So better sports movie replacements to this. <laughs> this. Shut up. Joe. And I like the replacements. You know that. No. <laughs> so I, I was going to ask you that. I was going to be like, no, no, let me ask you a serious question. Okay. Which movie is your favorite of the two? Not better. If the favorite of the two is replacements, but who just is a better film? It's funny because my favorite part of this movie is Gene Hackman, and I think he's awesome in it. And my, I think I said this in our replacements episode. Gene Hackman for me in the replacements, he had some his. It wasn't even his fault. It was like the script writing. He had one too many cheesy lines, like one too many. Yeah. You See, know, my problem with I, I, I liked the football scenes more and that from I do the basketball scenes in this film I think so I think that was yeah, like that, my that's like, I think that was like my reasoning for that yeah that, that's that's a fair statement so um so some other movies that Gene Hackman's done 
not that you, you I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably aware, but French Connection, Unforgiven, Bonnie and Clyde, I Never Sang for My Father, Mississippi Burning. And there are some Academy Award wins and nominees in that group. Also in uh, A Bridge Too Far, Superman the Movie, No Way Out, uh, The Firm, The Quick and the Dead, Get Shorty, Crimson Tide, Enemy of the State, Ants, Royal Tenenbaums. Actually, just reading Crimson Tide this time through, I recently watched that. And he's got the same, he's got a swagger in that one too. He's very good in this, but this is still my favorite. So Dennis, yeah. oh, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, you brought up the French Connection and we mentioned a few, again, during the Replacements episode that Gene Hackman's kind of been off the off the radar. He's retired. He's been off the radar for a while. He's like 92 years old now. And he gave his first interview for the 50th anniversary of the French Connection. So that was posted all, all on the internet. So if you That's want awesome. to re-up on Gene Hackman, yeah, it's, it's cool seeing him, you know, still pretty passionate about this film. I mean, this film's a classic, but still really yep. passionate about films and knowledgeable about the whole about the whole thing itself and some secrets. So it's a pretty cool read. That's awesome. Yeah. So Dennis Hopper. I said Hopper, not Dennis Haskins. So this is Dennis Hopper plays Shooter, the guy who's struggling with a little bit of the drinky drinky and he just tries to be an assistant coach. Dennis Haskins plays Mr. Belding and Saved by the Bell. So Dennis Hopper, another Hollywood Hall of Famer. Um just to give you an idea of how long he was killing it, started with Rebel Without a Cause in 1955. Also in Gunfight of the OK Corral, Night Tide, Sons of Katie Elder, which I hope, I'm going to go back and listen to our um, Speed episode. If I read that in the Speed episode, I bet you I said Sons of Katie Elder, which is a movie that I really like growing up. I, I, I know a lot of people haven't seen it, but for a lot of people our age haven't seen it, but I, that's one of my favorites from growing up. Uh, cool Hand Luke, Easy Rider, True Grit, the original, obviously, Apocalypse Now, Colors, True Romance, Speed, and on and on and on. What a crazy career. And he helped move cinema in the direction that we're in now with Easy Rider. So it's like Dennis Hopper like literally is a pretty important part of our movie history. Yeah, and I thought, so Den- I feel like people our age, know- I think I said this in the Speed episode as well, Dennis Hopper and Speed was a little bit too much. He was a little over the top. Like I know that was kind of the character, but not in his prime. When you see him in this, he's unbelievable. The only scenes I didn't like with him in this are, or the only things I had to say that weren't like a hundred percent positive weren't even his fault. It was like script stuff, but his acting in this was great. Doctor for sure. And then lastly, I, I, so it's weird. I, I, I only really like kind of, dove into three of the cast members because so many of the players who are the big cast members don't really have, they kind of did this, maybe one or two other things. And then they were just basketball players. So um, Barbara Hershey, who, if you've, if you've seen the movie, she plays the, uh, she plays Myra, who's a teacher at the school who gives uh, coach a cold shoulder right when he walks in, but then he kind of warms up. Uh, she warms up to him as, as the film goes on. So um she so did a few things, not nothing like super crazy. Although she, she did uh, Hannah and her sisters, shy people, a world apart, last last temptation of Christ, portrait of a lady, which she received an Academy Award nomination for for best supporting actress. So that's definitely probably the peak. Also, Black Swan, um, etc. Some other ones. I wasn't crazy about her in this. Um, <clears throat> We'll get into it later. It's not all her fault. I don't really think that she was set up for success, but she clearly had a great career, talented actress. Just, I just wasn't a good fit for me in this one. But um, would you guys have to say? No, I, like, I completely agree with you. I think, like you said, I, that's actually one of my points I bring up in a little bit too. So, cool, cool. Would you have done for a random facts? The more you know stuff. So I have a couple that I found online and I'll tell you that I listened during an interview. So the movie was renamed Best Shot in some international markets because most people outside of the U.S. wouldn't know what a Hoosier was. I am in the U.S. and I didn't know what a Hoosier was. I was looking it up earlier today after reading that. <laughs> so. I, only, I only knew from this and from like college basketball. Okay. In the locker room before the final game on the blackboard are the last names of the players of, on the opposing team. These are the real last names of the actors who make up the Hickory team. I thought that was cool. cool. I saw that. And this one. So 
it's been talked about in the past with between Hackman and Dennis, the director, knocking along entirely with this film and the production of it. But I was listening to um, a interview on on YouTube from the Rich Eisen show from 2020. And he mentioned something that I see listed on here. And I thought it was a prequel, cool little fun fact. There's a scene when we see Hackman and Hopper um, talking to like a stream montage with like music playing in the background. And you see um, Dennis Hopper slap his knee and laugh. It's all in silent, really. So you really can't see what like they're talking about. But what David Anspa he revealed uh, right before Dennis Hopper passed away, he said that he told him this. He's Gene Hackman had no faith in this movie, and he told Dennis, "I hope you've invested well because we'll never work in film again." <laughs> and that's, that's awesome. when Gene, that's when that's when Dennis Hopper stops his knee laughing. But we don't no no. There's no context. That's a real reaction from what. Said that. that's awesome so, that's awesome yeah. yeah i saw that too that he, he didn't think it was going to be a good one but he was wrong about that he was wrong it's a class so i just had a few so the 1954 state championship game which inspired this movie uh, the final game in the movie was played between the milan or milan indians and the muncie central bearcats and milan or milan won 32 to 30, which is, I know high school basketball games are lower scoring, but I, I also feel like that's a commercial for the shot clock. Cause even in this movie, there was a few times where I was like, all right, like shoot the ball. I know we wanted him to pass it four times, but like shoot the ball. <laughs> <clears throat> so um, for the scene where Dennis Hopper, this is like Hollywood taking themselves too seriously in my mind, even though I just said how amazing Dennis Hopper was in this <clears throat> for the scene where Dennis Hopper stumbles on the court drunk during the sectional game. Hopper wanted a 10-second notice before the director called action. He spun around for 10 seconds, allowing him to stagger onto the court and appear drunk. So, and I guess that he remembered James Dean in the film Giant from 1956, asking George Stevens for 30 seconds so he could spin around to make, to, uh, to better feel the inebriation. So that's what like, inspired him to do it. But it's like, Dennis Hopper, I can play drunk. I'm not... You know what I mean? Like playing drunk is not that hard, especially for someone like him. So I thought that was a little, little, little much. But uh, the scene where Jimmy and Coach Dale talking while Jimmy shot baskets was filmed in one take. I I know that was insane. I was watching that. The kick kept making shots. I was like, he's not missing. This is all one shot. (laughs) Yeah. Insane. Right. So Maris, who played uh, Jimmy Chitwood, he said that uh, he wasn't even listening to him. I was just concentrating on making the shots. I made one and they just kept going in. So good for him. I definitely couldn't do that. Oh yeah. That was an impressive one shot for that reason alone. <laughs> right. And he said he was another thing, another scene with Maris Felanus, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. If not, I apologize. He was told that if he missed the movie's last bucket on his first attempt, the fans would still rush the floor in celebration and he would get another try later. They just wanted the shot of like everyone built up the anticipation running onto the court. Did he get on his, on his first shot, did they say? Yes, yes. Luckily, okay. when, the, when the cameras rolled, he made the shot in his first attempt, even though he had missed it repeatedly during rehearsals. So, But it doesn't matter. You, you, you know, when the lights were brightest, he, he came through. So, yeah, awesome. And then, yeah, I, I had a similar note to you that Gene Hackman and David Anspach clashed throughout most of the production and in and, and that he was super excited to get Gene Hackman. And then right after he got right once they started working, he was pretty much like, oh, no, what did I do? Yeah. So... We talked before we started recording about stuff that wouldn't fly in this millennium. We both kind of said, like, I didn't really have anything. So as we've been talking, I've, I've thought about – so the first thing is this movie is rated PG. If this movie came out today, there's, or any movie, there's no way that in a PG movie you would have uh, a story of a coach getting fired for punching a, a, a kid, an alcoholic father – who also, I think they kind of, they insinuated he also had like mental health problems. They were talking about putting him in straight jackets and whatever. So don't get me wrong. The movies, it's not offensive. I think they would probably handle things with a little bit more care now, but especially for by 80 standards, nothing really bothered me. I just don't think it would be rated PG. What about you? Yeah, I, 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 what, I pretty much agree. Like when we, before we record, I was we we're talking about that and like I nothing was like offensive verbally and dialogue wise that I could that stood out to me. But as you bring it up now, punching kids at school is definitely like it's definitely one that would like raise yeah. some eyebrows and the can't, whole you can't do that. You can't do that. And 
I will say though, I I felt like they handled. I mean, like you said, at times it might be a little cartoon, but I felt they did a decent job with Hopper and like his imp- like you see him improving a little bit throughout. I wish he's a character I wish he had more time to develop so they could like see more totally improvements. Agree. But totally yeah, he was he was great. Um, what's your favorite scene? What do you have now for your favorite scene? Uh, so I have scenes with the characters being the focus not so much the basketball games in this one which is i usually I usually the other way around for me usually like look forward to the sport sporting games and the movies versus you know but i love the characters this movie and i love specifically when hopper and hackman are together hopper and hackman were a great great duo yeah and and yeah like i'm happy like you know we, i'm happy we see that early on like them kind of blending a little bit but i wish we had more hopper and hackman on the floor together i think they get him out of the games too early into the movie or maybe like you know maybe like for the, i don't know final game or something he misses but i wish they had a couple more games when he was with hackman and instead of hopper taking over when hackman's thrown out or you know i wish we were able to see them kind of work together for a couple of games i think that'd be kind of a cool um some cool takes there i totally agree and I liked, we talked about this in the beginning again, the interactions with Strap and Hackman. When Strap's praying, Hackman says, Strap, God wants you on the floor. And so just looks up and smiles. I loved that reaction from Strap. Epic line. It's so Epic good. Line. And Strap's a character, for those who haven't seen the movie or just don't remember, he's someone who, in the beginning, he's, he's, he's very religious. And he prays sometimes for a little bit of a, a little bit of a duration and in the beginning for example he's getting close to tip off and straps praying while everyone else has moved on to the court so this is this happens right during a game later on and it's a funny interaction between hack because he's like okay he's like this is like this is, we need you on the floor now get out there strap right. we're, we're playing now we've been really patient and we support your decision <laughs> and everything but like let's go you gotta Even go the scene later on when straps praying for oh what's the character who's sh- the shortest on the team i can't remember now oh um not buddy ollie yes when he's praying for him he's like and june's like okay make it a good one it's like i love that yep. like that interaction between him and seraph the few times they were together but yeah anything right. with the characters being the focus i thought were like standout moments for this movie yeah i know i already agree with that and just because you brought up uh buddy shout out to buddy for shooting his free throws like the old school yeah i know like rick rick barry way do you remember rick barry did you really see him i've seen i've seen clips of it but yeah he was like i mean it's I feel like that'd be the most accurate way if you had a day, if you got it down, like that is like the way to shoot it. If you, if you're patient enough, the granny shot. Well, I think that, I think that um, I read something recently or I watched, maybe it was a video I watched and it pretty much what it was is they are at least as effective, if not more effective as, as like the traditional thing. So people are like, well, why don't people shoot free throws like that? And I think that it's, they kind of obviously you can, you could shoot a free throw like that, but you can't shoot in a game like that. And so I think they worry about it messing up their live game yeah. mechanics. You know what I mean? So, yeah. so, but yeah, no, I agree. If you, if you told me, I mean, I'm not, I'm a very average basketball player and average is generous, but if you told me I had to make like a certain amount out of a hundred shots, I'm from the free throw line. I might go like that. Cause I, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's pretty easy. So did you have anything else for a favorite scene or no, just, 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 just those little points. Okay. So this is tough for me. I had, it was tough for me to pick a favorite quote and favorite scene was tough as well. So, but well, not really. My favorite scene wasn't tough, but then I had a couple other that I wanted to just mention. So one of my favorite scenes in any sports movie ever is when they first get to the state tournament and the boys walk in and they're all just clearly like their jaws at the floor. They're kind of overcome by the moment. They're used to their old their old gym that seats like a hundred people or two hundred whatever it seats. And this building has like all these like bright colors, bright lights, thousands of seats, you know, the whole thing. And friggin' Gene Hackman, man, coach, coach Norman, he so he does he grabs the tape measure and he says he asks them to measure um, from the, the baseline to the free throw line, the floor to the rim. And then he just says to them, I think you'll find the exact same game, same measurements as our gym back in Hickory. And it's just like yeah, that's an awesome his line. way. Of, it's so good. Yeah. And it's his way of saying, like, I don't care about all this bullshit going on around us, all these seats, all these lights. It's basketball. It's the same game, same thing we've been doing all season. So a lot of sports movies have tried to deliver that same message, the whole, like, 
no matter what, it's us versus them, you and him, whatever. Ignore all the, the BS. But Hoosiers, this is the best version of it. Yeah, and, I agree. And it's a quick, like if you did most, um, it's a quick speech. He just says, he just says like, measure it, measure it, measure the baseline to the free throw line, measure the floor to the rim. And then all he says is that I think you'll find the exact same measurements that are, are as those are the exact same measurements as our gym back in Hickory. And then that's it. And, and, it cuts, like, and it cuts with them all walking away. It's and awesome. And you get it. And yep. you get what he's saying and everyone gets it. It's so efficient. Yeah. So, so that's my, that's one of my favorite scenes in sports movies in general. So that's definitely my favorite scene, but a couple other scenes that I wanted to mention. So when the guy that was coaching before, uh, bef- before Gene Hackman comes in, his, his, the guy's name is George. He's played by Chelsea Ross. You'd know him from, major league he was also in rudy um he tries to flex on gene at the first practice and he rattles off some weird saying that like you know southern midwest saying about two kinds of dumb and naked guys running through the snow and then gene just goes translate is that some sort of threat and it's just his way of being like because at the, in this point in the movie he's been gene's only he just got there yeah. so this whole movie to me was gene hackman walking around slapping people just like not not like he slapped a college kid but it's just him being like yeah it's just him being like i'm in charge um if i have to tell you if i have to tell these kids i don't care i'm well, just right flexing from, on all of you and right from the start it's like also like friday night lights like this town cares way too much about high school basketball it's like friday's on high school in like high school football but once gene hackman gets this to this town everyone's shitting on him the teacher the Yep. The these townspeople, the people at the barbershop, I'm like, Jesus, give this guy a break. Like he's he's just walking, he just got here. <laughs> give him a chance, right? And and this scene when he does that whole like translate, is that some sort of threat? That is when re-watching this, I like bought back in because I've I've seen this quite a few times and I was kind of going through the motions a little bit just because like I said, I've seen it a, a number of times. But when he put George in his place and he kicked the little wise ass kid out of practice, I was like, let's go coach. Like, let's go. And then also regardless about whether I know anything about the sport, I love a scene where coaches uh, like break players down and stress fundamentals. Someone who knows basketball could write into the pod and be like, Eric, everything he was doing in that practice was horrible. I don't care. I just love that. He's like, I, I, you can take your fancy shots and your whatever and chuck them. We're doing like, you know, standard like defense and footwork and whatever. And then it ends with the wise ass kid's dad coming back in who this guy, he was like the low key, most valuable player of the movie to me, or like seventh player where he basically comes in and makes his kid like come back with his tail between his legs and apologize. And then he, who that guy was huge, by the way, yeah, he gets all the other guys out of the gym, all the other you know, like you said, the town folk that have just surrounded. Yeah, I'm surprised we people. see more of that because, like, I thought that you, know, you think that'd be like a friendship that blossomed between that, but between those, so I thought I thought there was really like a friendship that blossomed between the two of them since he was the only person who like respected the coach at that moment. But yes. nothing really came out of that, which is interesting. Yeah, and then one more. This isn't really. I mean, it's kind of a scene, but it's one more detail that I loved is uh, the the David versus Goliath speech from the uh, from the father before the big game. You only got the end of it, but you know what he's saying and you're like, and you're just pumped up. Like I, that, that's how, you know, a good sports movie or especially a good pregame speech is like, this is a movie I've seen it a hundred times. I know it's a movie. I know it's, and, and still you get the right moment. And you're like, you're, you're like, I want to play basketball right now. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, that was it. But my favorite scene though, is the whole, the measurements, you know, you'll see, you'll find the same exact measurements at our gym back in Hickory. Yeah. Um, what'd you have down for the soundtrack? Uh, the score was composed by Jerry Goldsmith who was involved with TV and movie scores since the 50s all the way to the 2000s. So he had quite the length, lengthy, lengthy career there. He's worked on some real heavy hitters as well, such as uh, Patton the Omen, which he won an Academy Award for, Chinatown, Alien, Babe, Mulan, which won another Academy Award, and so many others. Um, the Hoosier soundtrack is really good, in my opinion. Jerry definitely got creative and even used the sound of a dribbling basketball to go along with some of the tracks from the score, which is a really cool way to embed the actual scenes to the score. And it was a cool blend of symphonic effects with electronic elements to give you know another pretty cool and unique sound for a basketball movie specifically, especially one from the 80s. Yeah. Um, Jerry was nominated for an Academy Award for Hoosiers for Best Original Score, but um, unfortunately lost. 
He worked with Angela and David again for the film Rudy years later. And I told you, I didn't even know that. And I have the Rudy soundtrack. So look at that. I, um, yeah, this, this soundtrack was very eighties, but in not a bad thing. It's just a little bit dated, but I liked it a lot. So, um, if you could change one thing, we might, I think we might, from things you've said, we might be yeah. on the same side here. So we already talked about one of the things, um, Myra, she's a character that didn't really move the film too much, in my opinion, with the exception of the important town meeting and her very brief performance with Newman, which is kind of, I felt kind of weird. It looked like she was a little bit younger than Mr. Norman was. So I feel like that was kind of a interesting relationship, but I feel like she didn't really progress the movie too much. She was just kind of real, an, a haunt. Real quick. I agree that she was younger and this is a weird thing to say. Gene Hackman, not a bad looking dude, but not, you know, he's not like a, a Hollywood heartthrob. His swagger is totally believable. Oh, no, she, I, he's got I, confidence I for days, dude. <laughs> I get but, it. But, sure. but I get what you're saying. Yes, yeah. <laughs> he, he, he has like this cool, in every movie, he has this cool like laugh where I'm like, dude, that guy looks like he'd just be like, if we, you know, he'd be at the bar downtown just killing it. Even at, even when he's 50, I'm like, a boy, coach. Like, like you said, he's very, he's very, uh, he's very confident. So, especially in this movie, but I get that sense in all of his movies. He's very confident. But yeah, I felt like she didn't really progress the film too much um so she probably could have honestly i feel like been written out entirely and like it would have been fine without her in the movie and i also didn't like i mentioned this before, earlier when i'm uh i didn't love the basketball games i liked a few of them but i did not like the final basketball game specifically i thought we get the the, the game starts off with the other team what seems like they're making shot after shot after shot after shot while Hickory is just kind of, you know, we don't see them, we see him missing and bum the bum the ball around, whatever. I thought the score was gonna be like 30 to 4, but then we see the scoreboard, it's like 8 to 16. I'm like, what is happening? I'm like, that looks what exaggerated. And then yeah. this was like a montage of just shooting and like not like actually going on the court, going back and forth on the court, just a montage of shooting all on the same basket. Yeah. So I was like, oh, like I feel like they could have done a lot a little bit better job better job with the final basketball game, but they did end it, you know, on a higher note for sure but yeah between the final basketball game and myra those are my not really big big negatives but just small things that i noticed that i felt could have been you know maybe reworked or retooled a little bit yeah i think i think basketball is a tough sport to make exciting if you're i'm talking about in, in film if you take out um a lot of the athletic stuff like these are like high school kids so it's i mean nowadays you can because kids are are mutants but there's not you you know there's not going to be on us from a small town team in in indiana you're not going to have like a bunch of six ten kids just like dunking on people so yeah i agree with you it it got a little it was a little too <laughs> to go back to the coaching scene the the practice scene it was a little too fundamental that's a fun thing for a practice scene, but in the game, you're like, come on, set a rough pick or like, you know, do, do something. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I could, that's fair. And I kind of want to see, I know Jimmy's a star and he deserves a final shot, but I kind of wish we had a moment with, oh, remind me of his name again. Is it Buddy? Is that Holly? <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. I wish we yep. had one more moment with him. He was awesome. I know he was. I wish we had one more like big moment from the final game making an impact because he had a pretty big moment in the game before with the free throws. But for the final game, I wish he had like more of a, a little bit more of a spotlight with that giant crowd there. Just like even if like a, an important pick or something, like where he stands in front of the player yeah. and but, or steal. Or be steal, a great, like, yeah, like a big steal, like just all hustle. Yeah. Right, exactly. I wish we had yeah. like one more moment with him because he was an actual underdog in that movie. And kids like that in, in any in any sport, or at least any sport that I've played on, those are the people that the team like gets up for. It's like, you know, you have that guy who's the best player in the on the team and he scores all the points. But it's when someone like that who's like just all grit and yep. like, you know, you know, and he knows that he's not the most talented or the most athletically gifted, but they'll just give you everything they got. And when it like if they, that, I agree with that. I, I just thought of that as you were saying it. If they had a moment where he came up with like a big steal, just lay it out on the court or like a big rebound, even yeah. though he's like four foot nine, that would have been a cool. I agree with that. That would have been cool. <clears throat> this sounds like uh, Angelo and uh, what's his name? Oh my goodness. Um, David are probably like, this is a movie for Rudy. His, his, his idea for movie yeah, Rudy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're going to take Short Buddy. Guy, he's not very athletic. It's big. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, dude, I've seen Rudy so many times. The speech that the janitor gives him when, yeah. when he's when he's about to quit, and he's like, "You're five foot nothing, a hundred and nothing," <laughs> and you held out, you held used to hel- or what do you say, held in with the best football team in the land. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. So yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you about the the whole Myra thing. It just didn't. We've said this about other movies. I needed either in preferentially, I, I would rather less of it or none of it or I need way more of it. There was just enough of it where I was like, why is this here? Like they, they never finished. They never turned in anything. They never, you know, so I, I'm not saying you have to take it out, but it just felt rushed. So like I said, either give me more or take it out. I think that they had a little bit of that, it, it the same thing with the Dennis Hopper shooter story. So like you said earlier, I would have rather take the Myra stuff out earlier uh, altogether and give me more Dennis Hopper, even if, if it's more of his struggle and then more of his, once he finally gets his, his stuff together, more of them on the court together or like a, his, his interacting with the players. I would have, I would have rather that I would have preferred yeah, that. Me but, too. So um, <clears throat> if you listen to the podcast before, you know that this is the part where you give our scores and we rate movies on a scale of one to five. Would you mind paying a late fee to keep this movie? So a score of one is low. That's, you know, you can't get through the opening credit. He drives with, by like way too, one too many farmhouses or the ground's too flat. And you're like, this is stupid. This is too American. It's a Wrangler jeans commercial. And you turn it off all the way up to a score of five, which is you're willing to keep it an extra day or two or three so you can watch it again, share it with your friends. Maybe even just buy it from the video rental store. So this is my pick. So Joe's going to give his score first. So Joe, what are you thinking? I gave it a four. I think this is a really son of a bit. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I think it's a really good character-focused movie. I think the characters all between Dale to um, Shooter to even the, some of the kids on that team, I thought they all did awesome, and it was really fun seeing them kind of get to know each other. And the practice scenes were all a ton of fun. And we see again, like we just talked about, the struggles from Hopper's character and how we how um, Hackman's helping him. I loved all of that stuff more than anything else in this film, I think. I wish it was a little bit more of that. And, and I don't know, maybe this is like the one exception where I feel like basketball, while is an important part of the film, I feel like the characters and like that's the struggle should have been a bigger focus or a little bit more of a focus than it was. But I really enjoy this one. I can, it's obvious why it's right as some of the best, one of the best sports movies, like ESPN, I think, ranks it as one of their best, fairest sports movies of all, of all time. And I can see why, like you said, it's a blueprint for un- classic underdog stories. And it hasn't really been recreated yet with the same emotional impact that this movie has, I feel like. So really, really good sports movie. Yeah. And I think that part of the reason of like basketball, especially, and I think it's because of what we think of when, we, you know, NBA players, which is what most people think of when they think of basketball players are like they're like they're like aliens they're they're not even humans they're such they're such freaks that you can't even relate to them because they're just you know i can't do one one hundredth of one percent of anything that they do but these kids who are i don't know it's just a more basic version of the game so i like that and like you said this is on every best sports movies list and rewatching it it was pretty clear why I don't know where it would have been on mine before rewatching it last night, but um, with it fresh in mind, I can say it's, it's near the top. It's, and like I said, this is Gene Hackman's Gene Hackman's a game and a bunch of guys, like you said, who aren't career actors for the most part, just taking like big league swings and killing it. I love this movie. I thought I was going to go into it and enjoy it. I, wasn't worried about that but for me it's a five i really like a few basketball movies but when you watch this you can tell why it's the gold standard and yeah i i i gave it a five yeah so <clears throat> what is your uh do you have a fair sports movie like on like on the top of it like you can pick it right now fair sports movie of all time is there like one that like kind of comes you um yeah yeah i think so it kind of depends on it depends on what you're like, does it have to be a, a true, uh, how much of a sports movie it has to be? Because like this movie 
is about a sports team going through a season. It's a, it's a true sports movie. Whereas I'm going to pick a movie that would not, would clearly not be on my list or not be my favorite. Just to give you an example, like, I don't know, even like, like the Sandlot, right? The Sandlot's more of like some people, I don't think of that as a sports movie. It's like a coming of age movie. So I don't know. It's tough. It's tough to say. I, I would love to do that though, to do a, a, like to really sit down and think about that. But this is near the top. This no, this like it got me thinking like because we have a lot of fun sports movies. Like when we go back to like you said, Sandlot, Mighty Ducks, Little Giants. We have replacements. Don't you mentioned Little Giants after mentioning the Sandlot. What are you saying? We have we have we have fun movies. And then we have like <laughs> real movies like Hoosiers and like right. like there's a difference between like fun movies and fun sports movies and real sports movies. But my favorite, I know it's not the most historically accurate film, but I love Cinderella Man. It's my Ferris Wars movie, and I can watch that every day if you put it on TV. Cinderella is <laughs> unreal. Cinderella is unreal movie. An- another movie I saw that in theaters a few times. Um, another movie that is a to go is like the adult version of The Sandlot. Is like is Field of Dreams a sports movie? Because it's kind of, it's about baseball. The guy's yeah. in love with baseball, but it's really more about like his father son, and it's like a spiritual sort of movie. So yeah, it depends on if you were just restricted to like it has to be about a team or an athlete. I'd have to. I'd have to really think about it. Yeah. Like Friday Night Lights to me, but would be up near the top of my list. Yeah, that's that's, that's on the top of mine too, for sure. But we'll have to do that. That's that's for another day. So, um, but thank you guys very much for listening. Barncoat Farmhouse Ale from Good Measure Brewing Company, which again, I think is in Maine, was delicious. So pick that up if you can get it. Um, so follow us on, on Instagram, worth a late fee. So worth a late fee on Instagram. Our suggestions are always welcome. Just send us a message or a comment or whatever. We'll be back next week. And this was my pick. We're going back and forth. So Joe's up next with his pick. Joe, what are we talking about next week? It came down to two films. And this will probably be my last pick before I move on to the Christmas films. I'm sorry, Eric. Just just to give you a heads up. I have a list to get through here, y'all. So it was... Between at the Roxbury and Orange County, and I chose Orange County. So, dude, I saw Orange. I, I saw Orange County in theaters. Me too. I, <laughs> that's a, that is a movie that I still quote a lot, and uh, I'm I'm a little nervous. <laughs> Me too. So, thank you guys very much for listening, and we'll be back uh, next week with Joe's pick, Orange County. <laughs>